This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, this is Talking Devils, the leading and your favourite independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by two former United players to talk over the week at United. Um, joined by Lee Lawrence and Phil Marsh. I'll come to you first. Phil, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Hi, Wayne. Good, thanks, mate. Um, feeling a lot better. Uh, first full week back in work this week, so just getting my bearings back and feeling a little bit more normal, getting the routine back together. Um, obviously, after having a really um, under the weather and ill Christmas, but obviously feeling a little bit better. And, you know, it helps when Man United are uh, probably hitting top form and, and looking like we're sort of in in with a shout of getting a trophy in the cabinet now after City going out against Southampton. So, yeah, feeling optimistic. It's a good one. It is a good way of putting it. Like when when we're in a good vein of form, it does put a spring in your step. It is really funny like that. Um, Lee, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, all good, mate. I'm probably uh, in the second week back from work, and I've had enough of it already. If I'm being honest, <laughs> that's not just being ill. I just can't be bothered. <laughs> but, just, uh, just fifty weeks until Christmas. Don't that, worry that, about that's it. Fitting like eight bathrooms in two weeks. It's no good, mate. I need to dust my boots off and see if I can do a bit still. Um, yeah. But no, like Phil just said, mate, it's a, it's a pleasure to actually finally look forward to watching United now and not having to grimace behind the pillar thinking, are we going to get hammered every week? And, you know, what's the performance is going to be like? And, you know, it's it, it's kind of, it's upbeat and uplifting to think that we can watch a game of football now and actually enjoy it and actually, you know, look at it as though the team we should be winning, we're actually turning over and, and doing it in style, which is, is nice to see because we've not done it for quite a number of years, to be honest. So, yeah. Stewards were telling me to stop bringing my pillar in. I'm like, but lads, I've got to hide behind it. Um, <laughs> especially the Liverpool game last season. But awesome. no, no, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching the replay as well, say hello. Uh, we do feel free to comment as always. Reply to the comments that we get. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. And give us a review as well on the audio platforms. Really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I guess the best place to start, everyone's going to want to talk about the derby. We'll get there eventually, but we'll talk about Charlton in the League Cup. And, God, it was a bit of a weird game. When you look at it and you think, all right, well, it's routine. United have won 3-0. Looks fairly like confident in that respect. But then watching the game was a different experience. Early on, 
Anthony scores, you think, all right, score four or five goals here, yeah, they'll run away with it. But Charlton put a really good account of themselves up. Like, they were really good. Evening, Dave, hope you're all right. Um, they, they were really good. They played really well. They made it a really good game. The fans were good. They were in full voice. Um, and they went for it in the second half. They really went for it. You know, they were trying to counter-attack. And yeah, all right, the quality you could see from United, they could sort of coast through it. But it still needed those goals at the end to really make sure of it. And then um, I, I don't know if it's clever game management. I guess we'll talk about that in a, in a while, you know, whether or not it was wise for Tenog to make as many changes as he did. But then he makes the substitutes, brings on Casemiro, brings on Ericsson, brings on Rashford, and the game is settled. Uh, Rashford scores a couple. Casemiro, some outstanding passes. Um, and, yeah, United win 3-0, and it all looks a little bit more comfortable than what it seemed it would be for about half an hour. Um, then again, you know, it was 3-0, three good goals, and you could say it was comfortable in that regard then. Phil, what did you make of it? Uh, obviously, it's good to win a quarterfinal. The business of being in a cup competition is just winning the games. Sometimes it doesn't really matter how well you play, but it has mattered that United need to keep that run of form up. So how do you think that they, they fared the other night? Yeah, I thought it was a really good game. I think, as you just said, you know, you've got to give Charlton credit. I thought they made a really good account of themselves and um, performed really well on the night. Um, you know, 3-0 probably... Um, doesn't really show a true reflection of the game. I thought, you know, they was in in the game for large parts and, and caused us a few problems at times. But uh, from a Man United perspective, I think the game plan and, and the game couldn't have gone better for us, really. I think he's, he's obviously started uh, a couple of players who's not been playing um, as regular as they probably want to be. So getting them some match fitness and getting them a, a run out was great. Um, good for Anthony to score. Great goal, by the way. You know, he's... He's making that his trademark now, that little cut inside and, and you know, curling that one into the far corner. I think he's done that a couple of times now. So that was good for him, obviously, to, to get that goal. And then, you know, in the second half, you know, bringing the big guns on at the right time to just kill the game off when there was a few more tired legs, I think, was a masterstroke because, as I say, they was well in the game up until, you know, them last couple of goals going in by Rashford. And, you know, you, you wouldn't have one of... Um, Gone to extra time because I think Charlton's won three of the penalty shootouts that they've they've um, they've had in the cup. So yeah, I thought it was a really good um, performance by everyone. I don't think there was um, any real standout performances. I thought you know everyone did quite well. Um, I put a special mention out to Tommy and because obviously I'm good friends with Tom. I was made up for him to get a start and I thought he looked really solid. Um, you know everything he had to do, he, he commanded his box. He was his distribution was good. Um, and, and, you know, for me, I think that's really good. And I think, obviously, you know, with the Bravka going back uh, to Newcastle now, I think he's done himself um, a world of good there because, you know, Ten Hag can look at that number two situation now and think, right, I've got, you know, somebody who I can rely on who's, you know, looking in good form, considering he's not played much football. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really good night and, you know, great to get through. And as I said before, I think City going out now, that's a real opportunity for us to maybe get a... A trophy this season as well as finishing in the top four yeah it's it was an interesting one I mean, yeah you're right it's always good for like one of the i mean even though he's our age well your age still a bit younger than me yeah not classic with me uh tom to, to be making his breakthrough from the academy it's great <laughs> to see um that united's still doing that but um yeah i mean they also gave a, a debut to cover in midfield and he was quite good um, and McTominay and Fred 
you look at them and you think, oh, can they control a, a, the pace of any game, really? And I don't mean that being disrespectful to them. I just think that they're not the midfield to control the pace of any game of football. And that's what we've seen against Charlton, um, which I, I guess is a little bit concerning, Lee. But um, all in all, considering that, you know, United were controlling that game. I mean, they weren't. You saw the difference when Casemiro came on. You saw the difference in what a midfield control is meant to look like. But United still, basically, they, they, I mean, for the first 30 minutes, the, the entire game was played in Charlton's defensive third, you know, so United were controlling the game as they should have done, right? Yeah. Um, I think the good thing about it, like I say, we, we've we've had the Fred and McTominay situation now for a number of years and we know, you know, for where the club wants to get to, that playing them two don't work. The nice thing is they're both still good players. They're both yeah. good squad players. If we need that cover, you know what I mean? Um especially Fred. I think Fred's been exceptional. Um, I've always championed Fred, which, you know, on the podcast anyway, uh, I've always liked his attitude and how he's, he's, he's you know, his he's work mate and he doesn't shirk off the ball. I like that about him and I think he's, uh, his quality um, under 10 has started to shine through too, which I'm, I'm absolutely made up of. But like I say, it's, it's not going to be probably a starting role, but the cameos he's been putting in um, this season when he's been being brought on 60, 65 minutes, for me, he's been, he's been exceptional. Uh, it's been great to see. And like I say, we've, we've built that squad now where the players which we was relying on, the players which were starting week in, week out, we know if you like know, Casemiro gets a knock or you know Ericsson has to come off, which it seems to do, you know, towards the, the sixty minute mark, we've got quality to put on to replace them. Especially if we need to see a game out, we've got Freddie who can do that. Um, I'm at Tomine really, so doesn't, doesn't concern me at the start of the club. I'm, I'm happy at the start of the club. I think they're great squad players. Um, the only other thing I'd add on to. Um, the performance with Charlton is the young lad Polistro, was it? Yeah, Polistro when he came. Yeah, on. He, he had a he had a what I seen of him for was it fifteen minutes or so when he come on. Yeah. He, everything he did looked uh, looked really well, um, and you know he's, he's definitely one to look out for the for the future. Although he seems to have been here for a good few years now, and it's the first really we've seen of him. Um, yeah, he, he, I was I was made up with how he play, how he performed too. Yeah, it's funny because he was the like you said Polistro was the. Um, it was the summer 2021, if I've got mm. my years right. Was it 2021? Or t- no, summer 20. Um, the coronavirus window, right at the end of it, um, when we bought like four or five players. There was him, um, Diallo, Van der Beek. Well, he was earlier in the window, wasn't it? Tellez and Cavani. Do you know they, they made that rush to buy like four players? And yeah, we never saw him until the other night. He's been in a few squads, but that was the, the first time that we've seen him. And I think. For me, it was always a case of looking at him and thinking a little bit like Diallo. I know he, he scored that great goal against Milan that time with a flick header, but you, you always look at him and you think, and he's doing very well at Sunderland apparently, but you wonder about um, if he's got the ability, well, not even ability, temperament, all those kind of things that you look at. And, and you think, would was Palestri looking so far out of his depth that they couldn't even give him a game? So for him to come on and not look like that, you know, for him to be there and he'd actually look like he belonged. And yes, albeit against Charlton, it's still impressive to see. And, you know, you kind of want to see him get another chance. I mean, we've got Reading coming up in the cup. Um, so, yeah, it's an it's a opportunity um, there. We'll talk about Van der Beek in a minute as well. Um, some comments to come to. James says, evening chaps, can't wait for the crack tomorrow. More concerns around Martial. I think the writing is on the wall for him. Yeah, how many times have we said that for the last four years? He'll probably come back and have a good run for four or five games and then we'll be asking that question again. Um, 
Roy says, evening boys, feel free. Feels strange to be going into a derby game with confidence. Absolutely agree with that. And Richard says, good evening. Let me see if you can get this out. Spatulas, bachelors, tarantulas, and scalfulas. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, he says, feel positive about tomorrow. I think we'll turn up and get something. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in, in due course. Um, Van der Beek, Phil, you know you've been there. Well, both of you guys have been there. Uh, an injury at the wrong time is really good. Football, I mean, I don't know what the mathematics is behind it, but you've got talent, application, and then look and momentum. And um, when you don't have momentum, oh my, oh, look, it can be a cruel world. And Van der Beek was getting some games of football a little bit like Wan Basaka. You never saw him, and then all of a sudden he's playing a few minutes here and there. Didn't look completely out of place. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that he's impressed when he's played particularly, but you know, he, he was feeling his way back into the system and he was getting game time and then he gets this injury and you knew straight away. You knew as soon as you saw it, you thought, oh, no, that's a bad one. You could you know, you could tell from a player's reaction and you know I don't I don't know what it is because it's those ones that look innocuous. They they look like they're not that bad and you know that they're the worst ones. Unless it's like a bone hanging out, you kinda of know from a player's reaction. Like that that's it. And I mean it's terrible luck, isn't it, Phil? He's, his season's over and you have to think that's I mean, the comment earlier about Martial, his time, like, sort of, with the writing on the wall for him, it's such bad timing for Van der Beek, that. Yeah, as we've said, I think, you know, his time at the club's just just not worked out for one reason or another. I think, you know, when we, we signed him, the expectations and the hype that we had around him, we, we always looking for that player that we see in Ajax and just didn't quite materialise. And I think, you know, now, obviously, under Ten Hag, you know, the manager who was playing under previously, um, maybe just starting to get back into the fold and now this this injury that's gonna keep him out for a long while, it's it's obviously, you know, it's it's disappointing. I feel for the lad, obviously I've been in a similar situation where, you know, you 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 find in a bit of form or you maybe get in a couple of chances and then something like that. It's it's a massive setback. And I think, you know, for him now he just needs to, you know, knuckle down, make sure he gets himself back fit and you know whether that's you know with Manchester United or whether he has to move away and once he gets himself back fit he just needs to get back enjoying football playing regular and and playing with a smile on his face I think he's been a little bit unlucky at certain periods at at the time he's been here but you know inevitably he's not took his chances and for whatever reason he's not been you know given an opportunity by a couple of managers and I think you you look at the quality that we've got now in in the squad I think he's right down in the pecking order, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, I like the lad. There's nothing, I've got nothing against him. I just think he's um, he's probably ran his last race at the club and he probably needs to move on and, and look elsewhere now once he's back fit. <clears throat> Interesting one, isn't it, Lee? Because you look at it, I mean, and I, that's the conventional point of view. That's the one that I would tend to agree with. But you look at him and you think, well, he's going to be out until the, at least the summer. That's what they've said. Start next season, so you can't imagine that another club is going to come in and buy him. Yeah. But in that time, they've got to wait for him to see if he's fit again. And I guess that it kind of gives him a little bit of a reprieve. You could argue, you know, that he's going to get another chance at United, and he'll be welcomed into the pitch when he's there. Do you know what I mean? There, this will be a warm reception for him. I mean, if he works on his strength, and you know what I mean, if he really works hard, yeah. it's not. It's thing is strange as well. You've, stranger things have happened with certain players. You know, they, they, this could be a blessing in disguise for him. You know, as you just said, he, he could come back stronger, fitter, with a point to prove. You know, the, the sort of fire in his belly to prove people wrong, and he's obviously got that opportunity because, as you said, 
nobody's really going to want to sign him after being on the sidelines for so long and coming back from an injury like that. So, you know, we, we, we don't know what the future holds for him. As you say, he could come back and be the player that we have seen. Um, but for me, personally, I just think the Premier League's, you know, a different beast to some of these leagues we've signed players from. And, you know, if you if you can't get up to speed in, in the time that he's been given, you know, a club like United, and obviously you went to Everton on loan, I think, you know, it, it, sometimes you need to maybe move away to, you know, find your form and get your best um, out yourself, really, in playing yeah. in this sort of uh, league. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. As I said, I, I think, you know, it's it's down to him. He, he's, he's inevitably the one who's going to be the, the, the player um, who, who makes or breaks what, what happens in the next, you know, six, 12 months when he gets back. So, We'll just what do you mean, Lee, on, on that, um, I, I, I still find it that he's a difficult one to, to call, really, but I'd like your opinion on it. Has he had <laughs> chances at United, do you think, or do you think we've not seen enough of him? No, in my opinion, uh, for me, his race is run for me. Um, as Phil just said, I think he's, we've seen enough um, game time now to realise that he's just not quite there for the Premier League, like you say. Um, it's a shame. We, we all want the lad to do well. He's a likable lad. Oh, he comes across as a very likable lad. I'm yeah. sure everyone in the stands when he comes on, uh, uh, you know, are keeping everything crossed for him to put a performance in uh, and to hit the ground running. But he's not done that. But then, like Phil said, looking at it on the flip side, what do we know? Last year, I was calling for Dalot to be dropped into the reserves, and Juan Bissaka was, you know, had run his race for me, and they've come back. It's a bit of confidence, and they're both playing well. So. That's feels a stranger things that happened. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's football's a game of confidence. I think you're seeing that now with Rashford. Um, a, a couple of seasons ago, or last especially the last season where he looked like he was turning out and he weren't enjoying his football. Uh, he's got a little bit of confidence with his performances and probably a little bit with the manager and things like that. And he just looks like a complete different footballer. So it, it's, it's a strange game, in it. Let's be honest, and it's it's amazing what a bit of confidence can do for you. Um, for your ability, you know what I mean. We all know that to be a professional footballer for Ajax and you know come play for the Netherlands or come over to Man United, you know you've not got there by luck. You've got there on you know attitude and talent. So he's got the talent to to do it. It's uh, it's just whether he can adjust. And like I say, for me personally, and I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong. I think he's he's had enough time and for his own benefit and his own uh, his own future. I'd like to see him moved on, um, but I would love to be proven wrong, and I'd love him to, you know, hit form and, and be a top player for Man United, which I'm sure every United supporter would want. Yeah, um, agree with that. Um, all right, a little bit of a quiz time. We'll, we'll test the waters with this because we have got ideas of maybe doing like entire shows that are quizzes. So I'm going to ask this to the guys, but get in the comments and, and answer it if you if you. If you're brave enough to go there, so I want to know how many Manchester United managers have reached a semi-final in their first season in charge, um, first full season. That has to be so they can't take it um, over midway and then they they are you know they, they qualify that way. They have to. It's their first full season. How many United managers have reached a semi-final in that first full season? So get them in the comments if you can. Um, I'll come to the guys. Um, Lee, I know that you were going to pass on it, so I'm going to come to Phil first and see if he's got an answer for me. Um, yeah, let, let's go for yeah. it. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to wrap my brains with this, and um, the first person that came to mind, which I'm not 100% sure, was Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, I'm not 100% sure if he definitely did, but I just seem to remember, you know, the first season was a lot of hype about, obviously, when he took over and him coming back and all this kind of stuff, and I think he did reach a semi-final. From, I mean, you may tell me I'm wrong there, Wayne, but I'm pretty certain he did reach a semi-final in his first season. Right, so that's Ollie. Is that right? He reached three. Oh, he... he reached three in his first season. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. I, I, I thought that was uh, a shoe in for me, but yeah. I was hundred percent sure. So that's uh, that's good. That's one. Um, Lee, have you got any more for me? So, off the top of my head, and again, I was the same as Phil. And normally, I'm the Google king, if I'm being honest. So, I normally would have Googled this, but you give me five minutes to get him from work and get in the show before I come on the podcast. So, I went knackered for Googling. <laughs> so, I was thinking maybe Mourinho. Um, I had Ollie and Mourinho off the top of my head, which I thought I was 90% certain with. Um, Obviously, we've got Ten Hag. I've just seen a comment there just come up. Yeah, I work quite in Ten Hag because it's only just happened. Uh, but the only two, I, I don't think Ferguson did, if I, if I remember no. right. He had, a bad, he had a bad start, didn't he? Yeah. And I'm trying to think of. Moyes definitely did. Moyes didn't, did he? Van Gaal, I don't. I don't no, Van no, no. David Moyes did. David Moyes. Did he? Yeah, League Cup semi final. Sunderland. Oh, League Cup. Yeah, of course. The penalty is the worst penalty shootout that ever existed. Um, yeah, I, I was trying to think poor Sir Alex and I just I just couldn't think. I'm thinking, is it Ron Atkinson? I don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah, so Atkinson didn't. Um, I, I might have to double-check that, but the only one that I've got other than that you mentioned there, um, Jose's right, it was the Europa League and the League Cup, obviously. Um, so Patrick has got... Um, Tommy Dockett in there. Me not right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's that's not right. Um, what about Wilf McGuinness? And I'm always saying that for the personal point of view. No, Wilf McGuinness. You're right, absolutely right. He reached two semi-finals. And I'm uh, not googling, fact, guys. I've got my hands here. There's no googling going on. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I can attest to that. Lee literally said he, he he direct messaged me some expletives for hanging him out to dry with it. So he's definitely come out with all these <laughs> off, off the top of his head. Wolf McGuinness is absolutely right. He, um, there's a great story about him. Like, obviously, he got to the League Cup semi-final, gets to the FA Cup semi-final where they were playing Leeds United. Um, this was, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard this story about George Best in the afternoon at the team hotel. He picks up a, a woman uh, downstairs in the lobby and the lead uh, players are absolutely tearing him to bits about it, you know, saying that he's unprofessional and everything like that. Um, Wolf McGuinness initially dropped Best from the team, but um, Busby sort of stepped in to reconcile and Best was back in the team and didn't play well and United were eliminated. McGuinness actually reached three semi-finals. Um, he was only in charge for 18 months. Yeah. So two League Cup semi-finals, and that was the kind of thing that was held against him that he didn't take that next step. Um, so yeah, there was him. Or you were quite right, Ferguson didn't do it. David Moyes, everybody would forget that because he just oh, he, he, he was in charge for such a short period yeah. of time that you just wouldn't think. No. Um, but yeah, it was a Sunderland League Cup. Phil mm -hmm. Bardsley scored right at the end. Um, it's crazy end to that game. I think. We were about to be eliminated. Bardsley would have uh, knocked us out, but then I think we scored straight after that. Took it to penalties, 
and maybe we scored one of the penalties. All of them went into case stand. It was really terrible. Um, Mourinho, you're absolutely right. He was, like I said, the two the two semi-finals. Yeah. And Oli, Oli was three. The League Cup, um, I think it was Manchester City. And the FA Cup, I think it was Chelsea in the FA Cup, if, I, if I'm not wrong. And then, obviously, I think it was the Europa League as well, who got mm-hmm. to the semi-final. Um was it the fraud squad for impersonating a manager? Um, Rory's asking, well, he's talking about the, the Moyes season. Well, David Moyes isn't in charge anymore, but yeah, he, he was he was unlucky. But it goes to show, I mean, Ten Hag gets to a semi-final in his, his first goal, really, which is really impressive. But let's hope that he's got more luck than some of those guys that we mentioned. Definitely Solskjaer, definitely McGuinness. You've got to have that rub of the green. And... I know it looks better that City are out. That's a good thing. But Newcastle are still in there. Yeah. A, a very, very horrible team to play against at the moment. Uh, you know, what they're lacking in quality. They just don't... It, it's like watching us against Wolves. You just really don't... Is it Wolves in the other semi-final as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Wolves. God. That, that would be a terrible final to watch. We can almost guarantee. Um, Dave says, I think Moyes' contract at United is up in the summer. It's actually up in... No, it was six years, wasn't it? So if it's six years, then it was 2019 that it was finally up. Um, yeah, so one player who won't be playing tomorrow that we've um, signed, well, we were about to sign on loan is Val Veghorst. Um, uh, one one little comment before we come back. Robbie says, should be no excuses now waiting for the League Cup. Maybe. I mean, you know, United have lost League Cup finals to Sheffield Wednesday when they're a lower division. They've lost, lost the League Cup final to or FA Cup final to Southampton. You know, League Cup, they don't have a lot of luck in, to be fair. So, um, let's let's see. Don't count any, don't take anything for granted. You know, absolutely not. Especially Newcastle and Wolves, horrible teams to play against. Yes, on quality, you would say United, but we shall we shall see. Um, yeah, so Val Veghorst is going to be signing on loan, too late for the derby. Phil, obviously, people say, oh, he's, oh, he's a six foot six, he's going to be an aerial presence. And yes, obviously, he's going to be a target because he's a physical target, that much is true. He's not typical, um, you know, Duncan Ferguson style, like Edin Dzeko. Even, no, Dzeko, you could say that he had a little bit more technical ability about him. Um, Peter Crouch, you wouldn't just say he's a header of the ball because there was other things that he did. And that's a little bit like what Vegos is like. He, he definitely brings something different. And I know people say, no, oh, Burnley signed him and everything, but, you know, Burnley were good. He, he definitely caused us problems at Old Trafford when he came on um, and he left Burnley because they got relegated. He, he'd gone away on loan. So he's obviously of a higher standard than that. I'm not that worried about that. Um, people are look, looking at that two goals in 12 games or whatever it was and saying, oh, that's, you know, it shows a, a striker who's not good enough, but that's for Burnley. You know, it's, it's not the same as playing for United. Uh, where do you stand on it? It's a bit of a, one of those left field signings. Everyone was talking about Felix maybe coming in. It's Vegos who's going to be the man. Uh, what do you make of him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in the last couple of weeks, I've I've sort of been banging the drum for you know a number nine to come into the club. I think that's the position that we've needed to strengthen in. Um, albeit, you know, Weghorst is probably a, a short term fix. I think obviously moving forward, you know, there's there's talk of maybe Harry Kane at the end of the season, or you know, someone of that elk who can come in and, and be a mainstay and provide that twenty twenty five goals a season, which is where we, we're going to need to. Um, 
sort of be if we're going to be challenging on a regular basis. But I think, you know, Weghorst looks like the kind of player that that we could make use of. I think he's he's technically quite good on the ball. You've seen that in the World Cup when he played for um, Holland, you know, come on and, and cause teams problems, scored the two goals late on in the game. Um, <clears throat> and I think for me, with the likes of Rashford and people who's got that penetrating runs in behind, if you've got someone up there who can, you know, be a bit more of a target man in certain games, who can win flick-ons and, you know, do the do the other side of the game, which we don't really sort of um, have anyone of, of that kind of uh, player. So, yeah, I think he, he, he's going to probably work well in, in certain games. I think it may take him a little bit of time to, to sort of adapt to the style that we're playing at this moment in time. But for me, I think it's a good signing. And as I said, you know, Martial's been playing in that number nine role uh, predominantly in the last couple of games. I think he's a different sort of player to Martial. Um, Martial tends to drift around a little bit and you know try and drift to the left, drift to the right. Whereas I think we need someone who's going to be a focal point in the middle of the pitch, who's going to link the player, but then also put himself in the box and, and try and cause a bit more uh, problems for when balls are coming into the box. Because I think we, we we've got real quality now going into the box with Ericsson and, and Bruno and Anthony and obviously Rashford's in in the form of his life for me. So. Yeah, if, if you know he's going to be getting a lot of opportunities and a lot of service, and and hopefully he can you know hit the ground running. I wish him all the best. I think he's he's the type of striker that, as I said, on a short term basis, will will hopefully suit us and do well. Yeah, obviously, Lee, because of the the sort of transfer window being what it is in the United, I, I guess the situation that they're in in terms of like the takeover, not having a lot of sort of expendable cash there. It seems like, I mean, famous last words, but it seems like the smartest bit of business they could do, really. Sensible, mate. Um, the last podcast we had together, um, I think I, we was on about, you know, we, I was trying it for a number nine. Uh, we, we, there was massive talks about us getting Felix on loan. Uh, yeah. Which, again, I wouldn't have been disappointed with at all. But we've got that type of player. And I think that's what we mentioned on the last podcast about, you know, we've got your likes of your Sancho when he comes back in, your Rashfords and your Martials, your Ganachios, people like that, which, you know, can play wide or, you know, come in as a, as a number nine or a false nine. And I said, I really wanted someone who, you know, I wanted a Phil Marshall, Phil used to play. I know that, but that's still with a proper yeah, number, nine. number nine. Yeah, just a number a nine. A proper, proper number nine. And you know, if you're going to feed quality balls into that number nine, you're going to get goals, if you understand what yeah. I mean. Um, and we've, we've lacked that for a number of years, you know what I mean? And it gives us a different dimension, now, especially with the the, the the passing quality we've got off uh, your Casemiro and your Ericsons. And hopefully, um, I don't think Anthony's at top form yet, but I think when he gets 100% confidence, which he looks like he's getting a little bit now, and you you know, from the right and Rashford from the left, it gives us that opportunity to whip balls in quickly. Um, like City do with Ireland and knowing that someone's got a good chance of being on the end of them. You know what I mean? And Again, like you mentioned, Wayne, it's not just about his aerial threat. What I've seen of him, and I don't know massive about him, I, I've got to admit, I don't know too much, so I've, I've got to admit a little bit, but the the things I have seen of him in the World Cup uh, and the, the the things on you know YouTube and, and the internet, he looks like he's got, he's got good feet, you know, and he looks like a clever player. He looks like he presses well. Um, when he's off the ball and works hard, and it's it's what I've wanted for a long time. Um, time yeah. to tell whether he, you know, it, it, it's a short-term plan or a short-term fix, or maybe he has a, you know, a, a fantastic second half to the season, and you know, it, it fixes a lot of problems which we've had in the past. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching him 
and I'm uh, I'm hoping that you know he uh, he gives us that different different option, which I think is, is valuable to, to for us to you know to progress and go forward. Uh, one question before we move on to previewing the game against City. Dave's got in uh, here just before we move on to the league. So he's jumping back to the Carabao Cup. Do you think United should give Enderson permission to play against them in the semi-final? And Rory says, no, Ten Hag will see him play. Want to bring him back straight away as number one and get rid of Pyle, which everyone is joking about with what Enderson said, that that's why he didn't want to stay. Um, I'll, 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 and you guys can answer, but I, I look at it and I just think, regardless of the quality of him or regardless of the ins and outs of how he might play, I'd, you can't do that. You surely can't do it because, A, if he plays well, you can't stop your parent club. That's got to be something that's, you know, like you can't have one player stopping the parent club getting progressing anyway. And secondly, if he has a stinker, everyone will be questioning his, you know, what he was doing and everything like that, you know. I Just for all kinds of credibility reasons you can't surely you can't have players i remember um was it phil neville scored an own goal for everton when he was playing for everton he scored an own goal uh, for them it was like an unfortunate one it ricocheted off him when we were two nil down at everton and we came back in one four two just before we won the title for the first time in a few years he scored an own goal and everyone's going oh phil neville scored an own goal blah 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 you can't have that with a current contract of player. It caused way too many headaches. Um, I, I've answered it in the most sort of straightforward way there, Phil. But I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about it, and it looks like it looks like Ten Hag has come out and said no anyway. Uh, what do you, what do you make of that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I agree. I think it's a tricky one, obviously, when you send players out on loan and they're playing in the same league that you are. It's it's always a tricky situation for when you play in that fixture against them. Would you play them or would you not? I think, as you just said there, you know, if he plays and has a stormer, you know, and keeps you at bay and doesn't let you go through it, everyone would be like, why have you let him play? It's like a lose-lose situation for me. Um, regardless of how, how um, he plays, you're always going to be sort of um, under the microscope for why you let him play. So, um, yeah, probably just best to not let him play and, and just move on. I think that's pretty straightforward for me I, I wouldn't if it was me I, I wouldn't allow someone to play if he was on loan because as I said it's it's a no-win situation really yeah I got that wrong earlier by the way um I said Newcastle Wolves it's Newcastle Southampton and it's Forest eliminated Wolves that was the point because I made a joke about that on Twitter saying they should let him play because he spared us having to play Wolves again because that's always a terrible um, um, Richard says that um, Vegos might be available to play at Palace on Wednesday. Uh, Dave says it's a reward for his good performances at Forest, though. United should be encouraging it. Lee, what do you reckon? If, you, if that was you in that position, you've played well, you've helped Forest um, get to the fi- uh, semi final, uh, but it's coming up against United. What would you want to do? What do I think think? It, I think if you put yourself in Ten Hag's position, I, th- I don't think you can do it. Um, imagine if the game went to penalties. Uh, and he saved, he saved every penalty in Nog today. Uh, you can imagine, because obviously it's common knowledge now, it's, it's great in the press that it's up to Ten Hag whether he lets him play or not. Um, the amount of stick and abuse Ten Hag would have if, if you know, if, if that situation happened. I, I just think it's a, it's an impossibility for him to allow it to happen. Um, yeah. I do get Dave's comment, you know, he, you, you're playing well at your club and, you know, you, you, you he, he saved the penalties the other day to get them through, didn't he? You know what I mean? And he's doing well. The, the lad's going to want to play. Um, it's a tricky one, but if I was manager, 
to save the headache or the potential headache I could get off the club, I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't allow it. I'd, I'd, I'd put a stop to it. Yeah, I just think, the, like I said earlier, the the integrity of the competition. They just, they'd be way too many. Qu- either way, either way, if he plays well, if he does nothing, do you know what I mean? There's some people asking the question. I think if it's the opposite way around, to if we had a, a player on loan in any cup, Champions League, whatever, no one's going to do us any favours, are they? So, you know what I mean? You've got to look after number one, you've got to look after your club at the end of the day. So, if yeah. you can get a, get away with having a, a more weakened goalkeeper uh, t- for the benefit of your club, you're going to do it. Yeah. And they know the rules when, when you sign the player. Do you know, they're not allowed to play in competition for that reason. That's the reason why that rule exists. Uh, Robbie sort of agrees with me in the comments there. Richard says Wednesday could well be the night that we take third place for our own Palace away. We've definitely got that one. Yeah, but lads, let's talk about this because there's a different conversation on the table, isn't there, really? Which is going to be answered over the next week or so, the last sort of 10, uh, the next 10 days, if we win against or we get four points against Arsenal and City, are we in a completely different conversation? Because I, as much as I want to say Let's remove expectation here because the expectation is, oh, if we get into the top four, to playing the way that we are with an identity that we've got, if we get into the top four, I think it's a successful season for Tenog. But there is going to be a different conversation. There already is because people are already talking about it. Are United actually in a title race if they get positive results from these next two games? Um, and that brings us on to talking about the derby. City, they lost to Southampton. You might say that you're going to get a sting or a reaction from them, but I don't, football doesn't really work like that these days. You just sort of, you know, it's all a little bit tepid. And you, you do want to see, you, I say you do want to, you are going to see some kind of reaction, but not in the way that you used to see a team fired up in that way. Guardiola saying that Stones isn't going to play. Um, <laughs> I guess that's going to make somewhat of a difference because he's been informed for them. But um, it still doesn't change the size of the task for United. They are in... In different form, they drew on to Everton a few weeks ago. They, they some occasionally they look threatening, like the two games against Chelsea. They looked in form. Um, it's a it's a tricky one to call. Phil, I'll come to you first with this. How, how are, you, are you feeling? Are you feeling optimistic for United? And if they win, do you think that they're in a title race? Yeah, I, I'm really optimistic at the moment. And I think it's, as Lee said before, I think it's the first time in a long while where, especially against some of the top teams, that I'm, I'm feeling really confident. Uh, for me, at the moment, I think it's a good time to play City. I think they're a little bit up in the air. Uh, sort of been playing, um, you know, well one week, not so well the other week. I think Pep's maybe tinkered a little bit with his team a little bit too much in certain games. Um and I think for me, he's, he's not maybe picked his best team in certain games where he could have done and maybe got a different result. So for me, I think it's a great time to play City. Although they've just lost, you know, you, you, you expect a reaction. It's a derby. It's going to be a, a, a feisty affair anyway. But for me, I think the way we've been playing and, and the confidence that the players are playing with at the moment, you know, we've got lads like Rashford who are, you know, on absolute, you know, can't, can't get any better at the moment the way he's playing. So you've just got to go into that game and, and, and make sure you, you, you give 100%. And I think if we do manage to win that game, then 100% we're, we're sort of in the conversation for, for the title. Because, as I say, Arsenal are doing really well this year. But for me, I think they're, they're going to have a little sticky period. And, and if they do start to drop off, you know, if Jesus is injured, you know, if the goals start to dry up or if they're maybe three or two, 
you know, we we could be there to to you know pick up and and you know just sneak it over the line if if we can continue that form that we've been showing and just keep going about our business, keep picking up points, um, and and you know these away games are probably going to be where it, the title's won and lost for me. I think obviously you've got to win against the bigger teams, but these midweek games where you're playing like Crystal Palace is away and teams like that, if you can pick up three points in them games. Come the end of the season, they're they're going to be worth the, the season uh, and the titles won and lost for me. Yeah, so it's an interesting one to be in this position. Um, Jack says confident for tomorrow. Feel a win in my waters. Good afternoon. Is it afternoon? I think Jack's in Canada. Um, good afternoon there. Hope you're doing well. Um, but yeah, Lee, talk of a title race. I remember a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, we've had this with Mourinho, like where where we're kind of in touching distance in January, and you think. If we make a signing, maybe we're in there. There was a couple of seasons ago with Solskjaer, we were second, and you're thinking, you're just bringing a striker here or, or something that we, we might be able to get over. Like, and we brought in Igolo, didn't we? And that's that was the thing. Um, and you look at it now and you think, well, no, the title race seems ahead of schedule for this squad. But, I mean, there's Leicester proved, as other teams have proved, like Arsenal are proving now. It's not about times it's about winning the results uh, winning the games that are in front of you and getting the points on the board and united have been doing that um the one thing that i'm curious about um get your opinion on tenag was quite um I, when we took on city earlier in the season it was obviously his first time playing against them in, in england at least and he's, he's gone bold with it. it you know we saw with ollie before he went quite pragmatic we play counter-attack and that's how we got a lot of success do you think that he, I mean, I, I guess we, we don't, I'm asking you a question that you don't have the answer to, but do you think that he's going to be looking at that and um, going to change his approach? Do you think he'll just stick with what he's been doing? You know, like obviously the 4 3 3, which we've had, has been successful. Do you reckon he'll do that or do you think he's going to look at City and try something a little bit different? It's a, it's, I was thinking about this today, to be honest with you. Are we, are we going to, is he going to carry on? The way? If it was me, I'd carry on. I'd just carry on the way we've been playing all season with the squad we've been playing, play our best players, play our fittest players. Um, like you say, it, it's, it, it's been working. You know what I mean? It's, if, it, if it's working, don't change it. I know City's on the day is a different beast, but it's like Phil said, it's, it's a great time at the minute to play City. Um, I'd, I'd keep it as it was, keep it as he's been doing. Um, same personnel, same way of playing. Um, hopefully that'll see us through and then give it to like, like he normally does 60 minutes. If it's not working, you know, it, the change is what he has been doing previously has, has all worked well. His substitutions have seems yeah. been working brilliantly. Um, there's no reason why he can't do that again. Um, going back to your point about can we win the league? I think. Tenag said it quite a few times. Uh, doesn't even want to think about it. He's just taking game by game. And to be honest, that's my mentality with it at the moment. Um, yeah. Don't I don't want to get carried away um, because I'm just happy that we're going in for a game tomorrow against City, and I'm I'm hoping and I'm I'm thinking more that I'm confident that we're going to be competitive. I'm not confident that we're going to win. I don't know if we'll win or we'll not, but I'm more confident that we're going to be in a competitive game and get hammered four, five, six nil. Where the last, you know, previous couple of seasons, we've been dreading playing and thinking we're going to get turned over in the derby again, again, again. I think we've got the the the, the style and the players now and, and the squad and the confidence to to be competitive and to you know and to, and to 
there's no reason why we can't win it. Where before we'd probably be trying to defend the loss. You know what I mean? We'd probably try and yeah. keep it to two goals or three goals. No, the progression, what we've done over Ten Hag, we've we've actually got that confidence to say, you know, we'll be competitive in the match and there's a chance we could we could nick a win, which to me is a massive improvement. And if you know, <coughs> baby steps like that each season, we're gonna yeah. get to where we need to be and where the club needs to be. And I think Ten Hag's the man to do it. It's, it's, it's already proven with what he's done that. You know, it it can it can take us it can take us back to where we belong. Yeah, Rory says last time we played them, he didn't play Casemiro. I think he plays now. How we've been playing, he's arrogant enough to say we're at home. Let them come at us, and that that's the point, isn't it, Lee? Really, what you just made is it's the psychology aspects of it with Ten Hag. Like he's been saying, every game is important. You you've got to win that game that's in front of you. Every single game has been like that, setting the standard and doing it. And I guess. I guess that does give us some information in the way that he will set up to play because if he changes track now, then he's kind of sort of not going back on what he said. I don't mean that because every manager makes tactical changes, but he's been so consistent with it. So sort of like saying, this is what we're going to do and we're going to be proactive that you do. And I think that is it that everyone now, everyone is looking at that game thinking, no, United are probably going to try and take the game to them. And, and we're excited for that reason, aren't we? That's the reason why we're excited. I, I think the only the only change I, c- I can foresee coming, um, and I, I personally wouldn't do it, but I, I, the only change I can see is if he swaps um, Ericsson out for Fred. I've got a feeling that the, the, there may be a positive. I wouldn't do it myself. I'd, I'd keep Fred as an impact club like he's been doing. Yeah. Um, but I've just got a feeling. I've got a feeling he might, him, that's what he might set up with Fred and Casemiro in, you know, as, as two defensive midfield players. Um, but I, I like it when... When Ericsson starts and, and they bring Fred on, I think that's been working perfectly this season. What what do you think, Phil? It's that the, the philosophical question of do you do you sort of play more pragmatic in the way that Ollie did because we know that he's got his results in the past, or do we look at it and say, Well, yeah, all right, we're playing City. Yes, theoretically we could be in a title race if we win it, but it's more important to the um the overall psychology of what Tenoch's trying to achieve. To actually continue doing what he's doing and play the team that's done done so well. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point. I think um obviously when Ollie was doing that pragmatic approach, and I think you know that suited the way um sort of the, the, the personnel we had at that time, and I think the way players were playing at that time, I think currently we're in a far better place all over the pitch. I think we're, we're far more settled, we've got a team that's playing with far more confidence. Um we, we seem to be in the ascendancy. And for me, I think Ten Hag's the kind of type of manager who's quite bold and, and will be brave. And, and I think for me, you know, keep playing with the team that's been performing really well, getting the results. You know, as you said, we've got the players there who are doing the business. We just need to keep that momentum going. And as I say, it's a good time to play City. I think City aren't, you know, playing the football and, and the way that they can. Um, so if we can get in amongst them and, and you know, get an early goal and upset, yeah, the floor a little bit. I think, as I said, I'm I'm really confident about tomorrow. Um, if it was me, I'd definitely stick with the team that he's been playing. Um, you know, the Ericsson Bruno um, in that midfield, and 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 for me, I think you know, if we can sort of start the game really well tomorrow, I think that in the derby, I think you know, when you look back to all the derbies where you know games are sort of won and lost, the team that starts really bright and gets you know that first tackling. The, the crowd behind him, I think that's going to be massive tomorrow. And if we can get an early goal and just you know get that momentum and the fans behind us, then I've, I'm, I'm actually confident that we're going to get a win tomorrow. 
And if we do, can, can I can I just ask a quick question? I don't know if you guys know. Is, is Martial fit, or is he is he out, or is it he's going to be a late <clears> call? Do we know? I heard um, why well, two stories. Um, someone told me that Martial had skipped training, but that was like an hour before Ten Hag said that he was in training. Um, I, I guess I've just seen a few rumours floating around on social media that he's out the game. Um, if that's the case, I'm presuming that they're going to put Rashford up front. Uh, probably play Ganacho and Anthony. Is, is that what view you guys have got on it? Or well, yeah, I wouldn't play a Langer there from from the other night. It is a tough one, one, actually. I, I would. It, it's a tough one in the fact that Rashford's been playing so well on the left. Exactly. You know what I mean? Keep, you'd keep Rashford on the left all day long, wouldn't you? Yeah. If possible, you know. But, you but I agree with Wayne on that fact that you know Langer looks lost at the moment. I don't think he's when he's played. He's, he's you know. Doing enough to, to warrant a start in the team, if, if you know, if, if put it like that. Um, but who else do you, do you play down the middle? It's going to be, um, yeah, interesting, as you say. Marshall, you know, he, he has been playing in that number nine role uh, in the last couple of weeks. But for me, I wouldn't move Rashford from the left. I think at the minute he's, he's the first name on the team sheet, the way he's playing, he's, he's causing problems, he's, he's playing, you know, out of his skin. So, I think that yeah. just 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 proves the fact that how important it is, like I say, to get to get Wiggles in as soon as we can. You know what I mean? It's, it, we need, like you said, we need Rashford out there with what he's been doing, and we need that focal point. And I, I, I even think when Martial has been playing, I think what I've watched him struggle to hold the ball up. His, his centre forward play has not been the best um, yeah. in the last. What he seems like, say, he seems to show glimmers, and then it looks like he takes his foot off the gas a little bit and goes back to square one, and then gets injured, and then comes back and has another couple of games. I think it can't keep that consistency in the team. So it's going to be really important when uh, Wegos comes in that you know he, he hits the ground running because that's going to be it's going to be massive for the club if if, if he can. Yeah. I think as well, Lee. What we, what we haven't mentioned with that Wegos sign as well is, um, I think as a number nine and, and having the physicality side of things that he's got, I think people underestimate sometimes that you know he he will occupy defenders. And yeah. I think at this moment in time, the way we play the, the sort of fluid front three, um, you know, people like Rashford, if you've got Weghorst up front, he's going to be occupying two centre-backs and that's going to leave a bit more space for people mm. to, to make runs in behind. And I think, you know, that that's the kind of things that go a little bit unnoticed sometimes with number nines who, who do maybe, you know, just hold the ball up and win flip-ons mm. Well, what I believe too, Phil, I don't know if you know if you know this, but what I've read and what I've seen apparently is a is a, is a right good presser. You know, he he, he yeah, works yeah. Works and the centre back and works hard. Uh, where Martial seems to stand off a lot in the, and so again, it's it's another tick in the box for me that we're going to have you like Sir Rashford pressing, um, and and then you've got another you've got another option up there now. You know, um, rush rushing the centre backs on on the ball. So it, for me, it's a like I, said, I don't know much about him, so I can't judge too yeah. much, but. But what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, it seems like it's going to be a, a good yeah. signing for us. It's a shame, really, that he's not available for tomorrow. Obviously, if Martial's, you know, not not quite sure and, you know, he's not training or he is, then he, he would have been great there to come in as a, a number nine tomorrow. And, you know, the derby for your first game, he'd, he'd definitely be up for that. So, it's a shame, really. Well, yeah, I guess we're not going to... We're not going to see. We definitely won't see him tomorrow, but we'll probably be able to talk about him next week on next week's podcast. Um, so he'll probably play some part against uh, Palace. Um, I, that's it for this week, guys. Just a couple of comments to to come to. Jack says maybe play Sancho. I think he's still out of the squad at the moment. I don't think they're bringing him back in. 
Um, but you never know, Garnacho could play through the middle. The, the, you, he might pack an extra midfielder in there, might play Fred, you know, decide to play him. There was the, know, he hasn't done it, but I know Rangnick was playing Fred as like a false nine or, or 10 at some point towards the end of last season. So I'm not yeah. saying he could play there, but he might pack the midfield in that way. There's, um, I suppose the only other option you could maybe do, Wayne, was if you if Fred does come in, you could maybe play Bruno down the middle as a false nine. And, yeah. And, Got Ericsson, Casemiro, and, and and Fred in there, and then you know you've got Anthony or Rashford, whatever, on the wings. So that that could be a possibility. Um, because I'm just trying to think. I don't know who else. Obviously, I'd said I don't want to move Rashford off the left. I think yeah. you know the way he's playing, it's it's sort of silly if you do that. The the, the other thing, what I would just thinking for what they might do if they put Rashford, um, if they put Rashford up top as a number nine, um, it's sometimes it's experimented a few times with Bruno on the left, hasn't it? He might think Bernacho's a little bit young and fresh for the derby, so he might he might like I said bring bring uh, bring Fred yeah. into that midfield and, and and put Bruno on out on the left. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. Um. Thanks for all the messages. Yeah. Thanks for the chat tonight. Really appreciate that. Uh, Jack says that there's a, a, a meeting at the official Niagara United Supporters Club tomorrow at seven thirty. Uh, those guys who watch United overseas and we've had the, the yards that they've put into what I've, you know, having been in America a few times, watching them at like eight o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. Um, it's, it can, it can take it out here, I'll tell you that. Like getting up for a 7.30 kickoff against Liverpool or City. Oh my God, the adrenaline. You do not need that at that time in the morning. Um, Richard says, it's looking good for United. The future's so bright. I got to wear shades. All right, we'll leave it on that one. If you've enjoyed watching the um, podcast, if you watch us live on YouTube or Facebook, um, give us a like on, on the video if it's on YouTube or Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment on the re replays because we still reply to those. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review on the platform you're listening on. One little note to say... Um, hello to my nephew Freddie because he watches the podcast now. He said, I've been watching your Talking Devils podcast. So if he's watched this one and made it to the end, if he, he didn't just turn it off after five minutes to give us a click, then hello, Freddie. Hope you're doing well. Um, we will be back. I'll be back on Monday morning with Paul Parker to talk about the Derby. Phil and Lee will be back with me on Friday next week to talk about well, the Derby. We'll talk about that for sure. But then obviously the Palace game as well. Until then. Stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening and watching. Have a great weekend, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.